Good evening, and welcome to another episode of Basically, It's Biblical. Happy New Year's, Shabbat Shalom, and greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Uh, it pleases me to be able to present you with another episode of Basically Biblical, starting our second year our well our second year but um i guess this is more like um the ninth month uh so not fully a year of doing the episodes uh the podcast but uh, uh sometime in may we will approach that however that does not keep us from pushing on uh i'm so happy to uh be able to continue to bring you material and uh, before I begin with our episode, uh, as usual, let me start with a prayer. Father God, we are so grateful. We are so grateful, Lord, that whoever is able to download, to listen, to listen live to these episodes, I ask, I, I praise you and thank you for their healing, their blessing, their anointing, their protection, their love and guidance throughout this coming year. Lord, I ask as always that you would continue to open our ears, open our heart, open our eyes to all that the Holy Spirit uh, is going to guide us with during this coming year. Lord, bring us closer to you while you are available because we do know father there will be a time when you will not be available the door will be shut and father we ask that you would continue to guide us keep us close oh lord keep us close and make it clear to us father what it is that you would have us to do in this year 2021 and Father, we just want to praise you and thank you for all that you have done, for keeping us healthy, keeping us provided for, keeping us close to your care, keeping the holy angels and the, and the heavenly hosts guarding us and protecting us all throughout 2020 and into this year as well. Father, we thank you that while we may not have everything we want we know lord that you are concerned about all aspects of our life and we just thank you for guiding us and thank you for protecting us and thank you for your love and most of all lord god thank you for your grace and your mercy thank you for bringing your son jesus the christ to sacrifice his life for our sins and to bring us into a closer relationship with you we thank you for the opportunity lord and we just we just praise you for who you are father we thank you we thank you we thank you amen and amen so um as you know we have been embarking on this uh very um some people would say difficult task of trying to appreciate 
the vision that was given to John, the apostle, uh, by our Lord Jesus the Christ, the anointed one. And so we began a couple of weeks ago reading uh, parts of Revelation and giving some clarity. And as you know, uh, the pattern for Friday evenings, uh, the night of the Sabbath, I like to give you a uh, background or preview um, into uh, Sunday or excuse me Saturday's uh, Bible study. Uh, so knowing that this subject is 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 very difficult uh, for some people to you know to understand, and people have been told, well, it's going to be difficult. So I think you know in our in our minds we 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 approach it as though it's difficult. But I want to re-emphasize something that I have been trying to explain uh, about the Bible uh, it, it, at large, the, the, you know, the whole document. Oh. <laughs> I know I shut those things off. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I know I shut them off. I don't know why that happened. Um, but... Um, uh, the Bible at, at large, the, the, the entire document, and then each book of the Bible. Um, you know, I've said in the past that the Bible is is laid out. Now, some people might think that it is uh, in chronological order, or it is, you know, one book after the other, after the other, and that represents, you know, sort of a timeline. But in, but in actuality, uh, there are, you know, like maybe books one through five might be, you know, one after the other. And then the next set of books, uh, six through, you know, ten, uh, might overlay uh, some aspects or certain time periods of perhaps the, the last two or three books of the first section, you know, known as the, the Pentateuch, the first five uh, books. So in that way, many of the uh, books of the Bible are, are laid out, not that they are necessarily, uh, you know, definitely one after the other, but more of an overlay. So you really have to um, you really want to get a fuller picture of how that is, you might go to a, um, a commentary or a Bible dictionary. You know, I've talked to you in the past about other resources that are helpful, uh, and there are some. Uh, in fact, you probably will even find it on uh, the Internet somewhere uh, where it lays out uh, the overlapping uh, nature of some of the books of the Bible. So that is just the entire the entire book of the Bible, right? The, the, uh, the, the, the entire collection of books in the Bible. Then within each book of the Bible, there also is that similar kind of overlay happening. Okay? Now I mentioned to you, I used the term in the past, chiastic. That's a different kind of overlay that we're going to talk about in a moment. But just in general, if you think about it, 
even within the, a certain book, uh, you might find that uh, chapters one through five, again, for example, uh, would lay out a story, and then the next five might expand on that story, and then the next five might lay out another section of, uh, of a previously discussed chapter. So this happens throughout even the books, the individual books found in the Bible. Now, this also happens within chapters. Okay, so you might read much as we're finding is the case in the book of Revelation. You might find uh, chapter, uh, chapter 1 where it gives you, um, you know, uh, an overview, right? We talked about sort of the, um, uh, the structure, you know, of a narrative or a story or a paragraph even. You know, if you learned uh, back in school, you know, when you write a paragraph, you have your introduction, right? And then you have the body of the story and then you have, you know, your summary and your conclusion sort of thing. So similarly, uh, there might be a chapter, uh, the first chapter, which gives you an overview, an overview of the entire book, right? So in this example, Revelation. Or actually, in this first chapter, he's giving us an idea of the entire Revelation, right, of Jesus the Christ. So then, so then the next chapter gives you a little bit more information. Goes into depth a little bit more, maybe expands some of the the initial discussion and terms that you might have seen in the first chapter, and then again, and it may repeat that way throughout the entire book. So keeping that in mind, when we study or read the Book of Revelation, you will see that repetitive pattern of laying out a story, uh, you know, maybe giving a, an overview of that story or of the vision in this case, and then the next couple of chapters um, repeating some of those same things but giving you more detail, right? And then it happens again and again throughout the entire book. Remember some time ago we talked about patterns, right, and how important they would be. And I think that um, if you're keeping that in mind, you might begin to see that this pattern, really, this repetition almost has sort of a, you know, like a cadence to it, you know, uh, perhaps like some move, uh, music or marching, you know, you have um, dun 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 dun, you know, dun 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 dun, and layers and layers and layers, and it gets fuller and fuller and fuller, you know, and then it builds into a crescendo, much like much like uh, uh, any writing, narrative, poem, uh, book might do, and then it comes and gives you the conclusion, right? It builds you up, right, to the to the end, and then it gives you a conclusion. Well, in a similar fashion, um, we need to keep that in mind that that is what is going on in the book of Revelation. Okay, so there's a presentation, a uh, uh, explanation, perhaps a repetition of the first material, and then more detail. And then 
in the book of Revelation, in fact, it, it takes separate subjects, okay, and then expounds on those separate subjects in chapters of their own. So you might be getting this kind of confused here. So, but think of it this way: if um, if there are five, let, let's imagine that there were only seven chapters in the Book of Revelation, right? Seven chapters which present the entire story. Then the angel of the Lord, who is giving the vision to John, um wants John to better understand a certain aspect of the vision. Like a couple of weeks ago, we talked about Mystery Babylon. Now, she doesn't occur, actually, um, in Revelation until later, much later um, in the book. I think she doesn't occur, actually, until uh, chapter, I want to say it's like 18, uh, eight, uh well, her, the judgment of the harlot actually occurs in chapter 17. The discussion of the judgment and the fall of Babylon occurs in Revelation 18. But both of those, um, both of those stories, if you will, were already introduced to us in the earlier chapters. So what we see is this laying out of the story, of the vision, and then the further explanation given for certain terms or certain events uh, given their, act, their own chapter, okay? So now, we have gone through one chapters one through uh, roughly one through eight. I think we were approaching uh, chapter eight because we had just talked about uh, or just began talking about the seals, right? <clears throat> and it, it, it is here where it begins some of this uh, detail, uh, which is why I wanted to uh, bring this up to you now so that you can kind of... Um, follow maybe more closely uh, what is what is happening because the book of the lamb right was opened in chapter five and the mention of the seven seals occurred in verses I think one and two right around the very beginning and then there was the discussion of who can open the book and who's worthy to uh, to remove the seals, right? We talked about that in depth, I think, last week um, and how glorious it was. Uh, at first, John was upset because no one, you know, there were no one was able to open the book. And of course, uh, lo and behold, Jesus the Christ is the true lamb, the only one worthy uh, and virtuous enough to open the book, right? So, and or open the, the, the scroll with the seven seals. So if you can think of a scroll like a book in a way, uh, and then there were seven seals, seven chapters, right? you could think of it that way, uh, which describes what is happening 
in the vision. So then that didn't that that itself, the the beginning of the seals was not uh, discussed until chapter six, right? But but recall it had already been mentioned. So now when we get into chapter six, we're getting an explanation of each of the seals. That's how it begins. And then it goes on uh, giving those explanations. And you'll find that each of those seven seals has a what? Corresponding seven trumpets. And then the corresponding seven vials, right? That I'm sure you're probably familiar with. So the, there's that, um, I talked about uh, sacred numbers, um, if you recall, in a, in a previous uh, episode. And how seven, of course, is one of the sacred numbers. And um, so there's the, there's the seven seals, the seven trumpets, and then the seven vials. Okay. So now it might be helpful for you, maybe even to make a chart of your own so that you can see how the seven seals are laid out. Uh, maybe just writing a keyword for each seal and then following up by uh, putting just underneath that the seven trumpets and filling out the details, you know, just maybe a keyword there. And then also, again, about the seven vials. Now, if you do this, you will begin to see that there is, in fact, an overlap even in those seven uh, occurrences. Three times equals 21, right? Seven times three. Uh, uh, you will find that there is some overlap even there. Because if you notice, when we were reading about the seven seals, there was one after the other after the other, right? And it seemed to just be going along really well. And all of a sudden, <laughs> I shouldn't say all of a sudden, but, uh, but amazingly, uh, it seemed as though it just stopped, right? Because there was no discussion of the seven seals. There was this right up until the sixth seal, you know, there was a, a good couple of paragraphs about each seal kept it rolling right up until the sixth seal and there was a discussion about the sixth seal and then and then all of a sudden as i say there was this departure and what was that departure it starts talking about the 144,000 that are sealed now why does it stop at the sixth seal and then go into this really in-depth discussion, or description, I like to call it, of the 144,000, right? And then from verse 1 through 8 of chapter 7 of the book of Revelation, it gives you that description. And then immediately after that, we read this, it gives us a description of the multitude of saints, servants of God, who are um, robed in white. They're given their white robes, and it tells you why they're given their white robes, because they endured to the end, and they worship the only, the, the one and only true God, and they, uh, it even um, takes you through, gives you an example 
of the words they used when they were worshiping before God's throne. But this is right in the middle or right there at the end. You're thinking you're reading right along. You got this sixth seal and you think, okay, well, I'm ready to read the seventh one. And, but no, that's not what's happening. In the middle, right there at the end, they take the time. They, the writers, John and the Lord Jesus, takes the time to give you the answer to some of the most, you know, the, some of the questions that folks ask. Who were the 144,000? Are there only going to be 144,000 in heaven? No. We found out and we discussed that, yes, it's going to include a multitude of saints. And it goes so far as to say that there were so many of them that they couldn't be numbered. Right there in verse 9. There's so many of them, they could not be numbered. Right? But this is still not the seventh seal. <laughs> okay? This is not the seventh seal. The seventh seal does not start happening until chapter 8. So now, if you're writing out your, you know, your layout, you've got seal 1, Seal two, seal three, seal four, seal three, and then six, and then you've got to put a little gap in there for this explanation of who the saints are. And it's been suggested by uh, a lot of people who have uh, who study eschatology, the study of the end of days, the end of time. Um, uh, that the reason is not the reason for this gap or this this pause in the revealing of the seven seven seals is because something must happen at this time. Something must be happening. Well, you might assume that this would indicate, since they're giving us a description right after. The, seven, the sixth seal, perhaps, is this the time, the area, the season in which saints would be uh, 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 raptured or caught up, right? Because we discussed that rapture is not one of the main words in scripture, but is interpreted as being caught up. Uh, so is that what's happening? Or are we only getting a description of who the saints are. And I would suggest to you that we are getting a description. Okay? So keep your layout. Put on the first, on the top, seals one through seven. It's that little section for the description of the saints coming right after the sixth seal. Then, when you start looking at the next section, which we are going to be talking about, uh, the, the, uh, <laughs> I lost my, lost my train of thought, the trumpets, <laughs> you know, when you get old, this happens. Uh, so my suggestion is to you, don't get old. I tell my children that all the time. Uh, but at any rate, um, we get to the discussion of the trumpets. And in the seventh seal, please notice that it is within the seventh seals, the seventh seal, rather, that the presentation of the seven angels with the seven trumpets occurs. 
right? So here is that idea that I was just telling you about of this overlap. So you really, when you're making your chart, you would have to write serials one through seven, and then under number seven, you would have to put the start of the first trumpet, because this is where they were starting to discuss the trumpets. This is where the trumpets are, are revealed to us, the angels with the trumpets. So now your chart looks like one through seven going across the top, and under seven, you have another one indicating the trumpets. And now we're going to have one through seven again talking about the trumpets. And that is where, um, uh, that is about where we left off uh, on last Saturday. So uh, we'll be getting into that. Now, before we go any further, however, it is important to take a pause, just as they did <laughs> in Revelation, and think about where are we at this point, right? Because we're beginning to see this overlap. And remember how I mentioned there are many other books of the Bible that also talk about the end of days. One of the uh, latest uh, entries is in the book of Matthew. Now, we read sometime before uh, some of the chapters uh, relating to this, so we won't go uh, into too much depth. But if you read Matthew 24 and 25 again, uh, as we had in the past, you will see here again, remember uh, Jesus the Messiah is answering the question to the disciples of what's going on. When is going to be this end of the age? Because they were marveling at all of the temples and the large, you know, these buildings that were just, and you must imagine they were just quite huge when you look at some of the, um, you know, the pyramids and some of the, the remains of some of the temples. I mean, the, they say that one of the walls is still, you know, the Western Wall is there. And I mean, if you see pictures of it, it is huge, right? So these, the, the disciples were expecting expressing their um, you know their awe of these buildings and Christ says to them right you see all these buildings well I'm telling you not one stone is going to be left upon the other right and so he says that to them and then and then they say when is this going to be right and then he goes ahead and gives them an explanation and these are these are the verses that a lot of people are familiar with you'll remember we read um, you will hear continually of wars and rumors of wars, right? And Jesus keeps reminding them, do not be afraid. Do not be frightened when you hear this, right? Because the end is not yet. These are only what he refers to as the birth pangs. They're only the beginning of sorrows. So the rumors of wars, the wars, the... Uh, kingdom against kingdom, famines, earthquakes in various places. These are only the beginning of the birth pains, only the beginning of the intolerable anguish and the time of unprecedented trouble, also referred to as the time of Jacob's troubles. And who, who, who is Jacob? Remember, Jacob was 
uh, uh, given a new name, right? And what was that new name? Israel. So keep that in mind. Um, but he he stresses to them, do not be afraid, do not be frightened. These are just rumors, you know, or just the beginning of sorrows, rather, not just rumors. Um, uh, do not let them overtake you. Endure, endure. Um, even in verse 9 of Matthew 24, he says, uh, then they will hand you over. You'll have to endure tribulation and will put you to death and you will be hated by all nations because of my name. So this is when we talked about um, uh, maybe in passing a couple of episodes ago about there are going to be Christians who during this tribulation will become martyrs, right? Because that is essentially what is what's he saying. You will be put to death and you will be hated by all nations because of my name. And I think we briefly, uh, I briefly mentioned um, a couple of weeks ago that, you know, being a Christian, being a follower of Christ is definitely not for the faint of heart, not for the, sh you know, the shy, not for the bashful, not for the, um, you know, the, the, the skittish, <laughs> you know, kind, because this is a time, even now, there are people who follow Christ, who follow the word of God, and who are being persecuted. There, we know now, in some nations, and I know there are many people listening from all around the world, and if you're one of these people, I know that uh, the time is stressful. I know that it is, you know, it is hard. It is hard to endure, but the Lord is with you. Remember, he is omnipresent. He is always present everywhere. His Holy Spirit is with you. The angels are guarding you, and they are watching every step. They know, as God has said, your end is going to be better than your beginning. What you're experiencing now is 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 going to pale. Is going to be is is not even going to amount to to a hill of beans, as they say. Uh, when we are in glory, when we see the Lord face to face, when you receive your white robe, when you have stood fast and you have run the race and you've completed your task, the glory that you will finally receive in the midst of our Father is far better. I know that may sound trivial right now, but endure to the end. So there are going to be martyrs. There are martyrs now. All the martyrs who have already died, we've talked about in Revelation, remember that there are the martyrs who are sitting, uh, if you picture it as, as John is describing, below or right underneath the altar of the Lord. And they're crying out to the Lord and worshiping the Lord if you recall us reading that. So there are definitely going to be martyrs. There are going to be people who endure some of this tribulation period. Now, there have been a lot of folks out there who tell you, uh, and you've probably heard, oh, no, Christians are not going to be around. We're going to be raptured, and nobody will, be, nobody will have to go through any of that. Well, that is not what we're reading in Scripture. And then he goes further in Matthew 24, right around verse 10. 
and uh, begins to tell you at that time many people will be offended and repelled and I gave my little uh, monologue about that uh, I think last week about people being offended and repelled <laughs> but at any rate um, uh, why are they going to be offended because of Jesus because of your association with our Lord and Savior the most high and many he says will fall away they will fall away from true doctrine they will fall away from the church they will fall away from uh, rightly dividing the word of God they will betray one another they will hate one another and many false prophets will appear right we read about that because of the lawlessness there's that word lawlessness remember we read in first second and third John who is and what is lawlessness the Antichrist that is one of the characteristics of the spirit of the Antichrist and a major characteristic of the lawless one Satan and the Antichrist okay and he goes on to tell them that you know uh, people will begin to stop loving you know there's going to be this increase in of, of hatred right but the one who endures and bears up under the suffering till the end will be saved this is the good news of the kingdom this is the good news that should be preached throughout the whole world in fact that is our mandate if we are indeed if you feel if you the lord has presented to you in your heart that we are certainly in these birth pangs uh, uh the beginning of sorrows uh, moving toward the end of the age right the end of this current time um if you believe that then you know that your most important goal is to preach the word of God, the true gospel of God, and share it with whomever you can get to listen. And there's a there's a uh, wonderful uh, uh, song done by uh, uh, a bishop. I think her name is uh, Corletta, uh, Bishop Corletta. Oh gosh, I forget her last name now. But um, at any rate, she sings a song where she sa uh, she's, she's giving a sermon and she basically says, you don't need, you know, five or ten Bibles like I have stacked up <laughs> somewhere. You don't need that. You don't need to carry around five or ten Bibles with you. You don't need to have your Strong's Concordance and, you know, you don't need to have your Thompson's Chain, uh, that Bible uh, version. You don't need to have all of the, what you need to do is share the word of God as it has been revealed in your life. You don't have to have a degree. You don't have to have uh, an ordination ceremony. You don't have to wear a robe. You don't have to wear all this other garb. You don't have to have a pulpit that is in a church building. Remember, your body is a temple of God. God dwells within you. So you carry, in, in, in essence, you carry your pulpit with you. Whether you're a teacher or a football player, whether you are a cook or a janitor, whether you are a stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home dad, a grandparent, an uncle, or even a child, 
if you have read the word of God and allowed the Holy Spirit to reveal truth to you, then you can be an open epistle. Remembering that our lives, our walk, our behavior, our talk is more than likely the best evidence of our relationship with our Lord, with our Father. And people see and hear and watch what we do, we professed followers of Christ. And they will remember that more than any recitation of any scriptures that you could possibly remember. So you don't have to have, uh, you know, a sermon written out or even a paragraph that you carry around with you that you could, you know, repeat at, <laughs> at a given moment. Sharing your testimony of what God is doing in your life what he has done for you and what you know and believe in your heart that he will continue to do. And your actions, your love, your walk, your talk will speak volumes. And, you know, I've said often that um, our interactions with people are uh, not just happenstance. You know, they don't just occur willy-nilly. I don't believe that there's just some, you know, there's coincidences. I believe that everything is laid out. If not so, why does God say, I have ordered your steps? I know your, begin your ending from your beginning. I knew you when you were formed in your mother's womb. I knew you before that. Right. He knows he knows all and sees all. He knows what you're going to say. He knows what you're going to go through. He knows what you think before you say it. So if he knows all that, in fact, the Bible says something very interesting, and I think I may have mentioned this. But it says that the hairs on your head. Are numbered notice that it didn't say oh god knows all the num you know you've got a lot of hair no it says the hairs on your head are numbered that to me suggests some very pointed information about you about me, that God knows about all of his creation. And that should tell you right there that if he cares enough to know about the number, each, not just the number of in quantity, but each numbered hair, even those that you might have lost by now, <laughs> which... For me, maybe a lot, but but the point is, he knows each hair, he knows each cell in your body, he knows each eyelash, he knows each 
flake of skin. Every blood vessel, every trickle of sweat and perspiration, he knows it. He knows you intimately more and better than you know yourself. So that means you are important. You were not a mistake. You were not an accident. There was no glob that appeared out of nothing, out of nowhere, and just oomph out of the water and seeped up from the ground somewhere. No. No major blast in the space that created you. You were on purpose. God knows you, and he created every aspect of you. You are important. And if you're that important, then that means everything that you have experienced and all of the things that you go through, he is concerned about and he knows about. And because it is that important, then we should, as he says, learn to number our days and share. Be that open epistle, be that open letter, right, that open book. Be that story of what God has done in and through your lives and what you believe he will continue to do. And that's how we can preach. That's how we have our pulpit. Not some formal thing that has to occur on a certain day at a certain time in a certain place. Anytime, anywhere that the Holy Spirit leads you. Right, because we we are, and you know, I have said it uh, probably on in my soapbox uh, occasions with you <laughs> that we can, you know, we will share the story about the, um, you know, the sale at the at the store. Uh, man, they're having a sale on hamburger. You know, or boy, did you see all those shoes? There's a sale. You know, or you know, tires. There's tools. There's a sale. You know, boy, that movie. People will talk to you at length about a movie they watched. And some of us are guilty of it. We talk at length about <laughs> things that are, as uh, Ecclesiastes says, are just a vapor. Those things are nothing compared to sharing what God has done in and through your life. Those stories will all fade away. When we're in the presence of our Lord and Savior, it won't matter if you were able to take advantage of that Black Friday sale. It won't matter if you were able to take, you know, I think, what is it, Kmart? They used to have blue light specials or whatever. I know that's years ago, right? But, you know, they're, they're, you, it won't matter. Those things will not be, they won't even be in your mind when you are in the glory of God as we were describing last week. You know, the, 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 the fire and the flames and the trumpets and it's going to be noisy. It's going to be loud, or at least that's, you know, from the description. I mean, no concert, no movie on earth will ever be able to stand up to what we have read about how it's going to be with the 24 elders and the 144,000 all the multitude of saints, the heavenly hosts that number, what did we say? Legions upon legions, 600,000 six, and more of all the angels 
and the heavenly host, all worshiping God in his glory. So much glory, so much light. We won't need sun and we won't need the moon. All the candlesticks, the trumpets sounding, the thunders and earthquakes. Nothing we have experienced on earth can even give us a, a glimpse other than the reading of the book of Revelation. So in, uh, in Matthew 24, it also talks about the prophet Daniel. And um, I mentioned to you that we will be looking at the, the book of Daniel and how it presents what I'm sure you've probably heard of now. The prophet uh, Daniel talks about his vision of the 70 weeks, right? And those 70 weeks, again, overlap with what we're reading now in, Reve in Revelation or vice versa. The book of Revelation overlaps, you know, the vision and coincides with the vision that Daniel had. Uh, Ezekiel 37, 38, and 39 also gives us aspects of um, the end of days and how things are going to be uh, up appearing and the order, you know, that they're going to be appearing. And again, we will see that repetition, those patterns over and over and over again. And so I hope that you are beginning to, you know, really uh, see that and reflect on those things because uh, just as in the days of Noah, right, you remember that scripture? Uh, we saw, uh, when we talked about that, we saw a pattern. We talked about uh, Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah being another glimpse, another picture of how God is going to send angels to take away uh, his chosen people. Right? Uh, and then also um, in the book of uh, Matthew that we just spoke of. But additionally, uh, there are some that you probably would not have even guessed uh, that were uh, prophetic uh, in terms of the end of days. So we'll be referencing Isaiah, Malachi even, um, uh, in some sense, uh, maybe even the book of Acts. Uh, there are a couple of uh, scriptures in there that we will be covering. Uh, Second Corinthians, First Corinthians, um, uh, we read, um, I don't know if you recall, but some time ago when we were talking about the names of the Antichrist and Satan, we even looked in uh, 1 Kings uh, chapter 2 and uh, 2 Thessalonians, which you probably are familiar with. We'll be going back over that. Uh, 2 Thessalonians um, chapter 1 and also um, 2 Chronicles which is something that some people don't think about. Second Chronicles uh, chapter 32. So I'm kind of just going over these again um, because all of what we have been doing um, in each of the studies has been uh, foundational uh, to what we are reading now. And hopefully you can, um, again, uh, see the importance of the patterns and the overlay, right, of each of these books, one on top of the other, as well as the chapters, one on top of the other. And you probably have already noticed even some of the scriptures, which are verbatim, 
direct wording of what might have been mentioned in Daniel 7 or Daniel 8 or Isaiah 30, uh, Micah and Ezekiel and so forth, um, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and, and so forth. Uh, so we will, uh, you'll be hearing some of those again. And I know, um, as I said before, a lot of this information um, can seem overwhelming. So that is why I spend um, time, uh, you know, repeating some things and trying to give you further explanation. But I also know, having been a teacher and a professor, I know that some people are more visual learners than they are uh, uh, audible learners. So you might um, find that you would appreciate some visual pictures, some videos even, of uh, the book of Revelation and uh, these other prophetic books, uh, as well as, uh, or in addition to, all of the many, um, I'm sure there are a lot of websites out there, I referred to you before to uh, the Blue Letter Bible website, uh, Logos is another one. Um, also, I mentioned uh, Strong's Concordance and various dictionaries, uh, various other uh, translations for the Word of God. And then, of course, there are a mid, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure you know this, I'm, I'm just, you know, just, you probably are fully aware of this, but I want to mention it for those who may not be. There are volumes and volumes and volumes of books and illustrations on the end of days. We, you know, we here in the 20th century didn't just fall upon this, you know, and think, oh, we should study this. This has been something that has been studied and uh, discussed, uh, you know, for, for millennia, right? In fact, we see it right there in Matthew 24 with the disciples and, and Jesus discussing it. So this is not the first time, and I'm sure it won't be the last as things begin to uh, continue to progress. So there are many, many books out there, and I have in the past mentioned some of those books to you. Um, but I also would like to mention that uh, for those people who are very visual uh, oriented, you may uh, want to see some visuals. And I have been reviewing over the past uh, quite a few years now some videos that have been out on YouTube. Now, I, I say this, you know, um, only for your uh, enrichment because you really, when you view any of the material found anywhere, even the material that I share with you, I have always stressed to you that you read the word for yourself, that you ask the Holy Spirit for guidance, that you seek other counsel and certainly all the other resources that are available to you. I am not the only voice and I certainly am not 100% uh, correct, you know, about everything or about even my interpretation. Um, but I have studied, I pray and I do uh, do a thorough uh, research before I share information, as I have done with the following YouTube channels. There is one in particular that I really 
uh, would um, would offer to you uh, for your review, and that is done by uh, tooth, the word tooth, unedited, un edited. Uh, he has a series, quite an extensive, mind you. Uh, I mean, just uh, <laughs> hundreds. It would 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 be a, a, a small estimate uh, of videos for every topic under the sun uh, as it relates to um, biblical scriptural information. And I think that he does a very thorough job. He has done a lot of research, um, and you can tell that it's very well researched. He even provides the research on his website uh, at truthunedited.com. And um, now he ha he's very, he very, uh, um, he's very uh, strong in his, uh, in his conviction, and he shares his feelings very passionately. So, um, if you can, if you are, you know, if you're receptive to that, then he might be, that particular one might be one that you would, uh, would like. Truth Unedited uh, on YouTube and truthunedited.com is his website. And he speaks it plain. He does not cover any, you know, cover of anything. He does not, uh, um, how do you, how do how I like to say, sugarcoat. Nothing gets sugarcoated. Uh, and added to that, he's you know he seems to have very strong opinions about some other issues, which you can either you know accept or not. I mean, it's like anything else, right? You you go to the salad bar and you you pick the things that you like and you take those away and you you know you chew on that. But be open, uh, you know, as I as I said um, about this about this podcast. Um, uh, I'm sharing things as I believe they have been revealed to me, how I've studied them, and some information, of course, is counter to what you have probably heard for many years. But in our learning, in our effort to become better, more educated, more informed about the Word of God, uh, it is important to be sort of elastic, right, to be flexible, S take it in. And then what? Seek God for clarity and uh, ask the Holy Spirit to impress upon you what are the areas that um, you need to be focused on and what are the areas that you need to be convicted about. So then, so there's Truth Unedited. And then there's another one called Alpha and Omega. Now, they are actually using the Greek letters in their name, Alpha and Omega. That's another YouTube not to be confused with one that is called AOC, AOC Network. It's another set of videos that are done on YouTube. Uh, Lion of Judah uh, has a series, quite an extensive, again, series of uh, videos on, you know, just a variety of script scriptural topics. Then there is Rock Island Books that also publishes a YouTube channel. And Rock Island Books, um, in my opinion, 
uh, is very, again, very well researched and um, probably uh, aligns closely to um, some of the research that I have uh, discovered and, uh, you know, the timeline, if you will, or the, 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 um, the seasons of the end time. And he does uh, just a phenomenal job at giving you great descriptions and definitions. Um, so that is another one that uh, you should look at. And then, uh, and you know, these are just a few that I found that sort of rise to the top to me uh, that seem to be uh, very well researched. Now there's another one that seems to be somewhat controversial. And you know, it is not, um, it is not a bad idea to look at the whole spectrum, right? The the real soft soft text, right? And some of the the hard text, and you know all of that stuff in between, so that we can see number one, what's true, and what's not true, so that we can examine. Because what does God tell us to do? He tells us to to uh, judge. Right, judge these pop because how are we going to know? So you have to be able to judge, be discern, having uh, discernment, being led by the Holy Spirit, and if you find that any information does not coincide with the Word of God, then you know something now that you did not know before, and it can be something that the enemy, Satan, because remember. The Lord Jesus just told us there will be many false prophets and false teachers. And there are a lot of people out there that are twisting the word, not using good uh, exegesis or a study of the, of the Greek and the Hebrew words to give you the full um, explanation or definition. So uh, when you look at any of these videos and any material and even what you hear on this podcast, you know, it is incumbent upon us all to examine, to study, and to know what it is that the Lord has for us to say. Uh, so there are, uh, Rock Island may be a bit, you know, for some people may be a little controversial because he tries to um, put a timeline, if you will, to uh, the end of the age. And then uh, Nelson Waters. Now, I mention him uh, only because he's probably one of the more um, controversial types out there and uh, maybe leans a little a lot on the political side of things. So if you can overlook, you know, some of that. Uh, but the information that he shares there uh, is, 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 is good in that it gives you a good um, perspective on other avenues, other commentary about scripture. So it allows you to look at, um, you know, or to examine more along that spectrum that I was talking about, you know, of information. And so sometimes he presents fact and right interpretation of scriptures. And then other times he presents what he feels is his um, 
you know, his opinion or, or, or uh, hypothesis, his, his guesswork. And really, that's all we're all doing, right? We're reading the word. We're trusting that the Holy Spirit is guiding us. And some of the thoughts that we may have may not be accurate uh, in this moment because we don't have all of the information in this moment. Remember uh, reading uh, some episodes ago that we are only, uh, we prophesy in part and we are, visions are revealed in part. Just as when we read here in the book of Revelation that John was allowed to reveal certain information and then there's a point at which he's uh he's he has a vision and uh or he's given a vision and he's told not to reveal that information in that little book and we'll get to that in the latter uh chapter uh, also daniel uh, when you read the book of daniel there is a time that he is uh, given the vision and he's told to seal it up don't share it and then there's another time when he is permitted to share it, you know. And so even in your reading of the Bible, uh, if you know, in its entirety, uh, if you sat down in one full session and say uh, started reading the Bible, you would still only get certain revelations at that time during that reading. Then when you go back and read it again, and again and again and again, you get more and more. So there is that idea of the layering, right? Of the layering that I talked about at the very beginning. So uh, in that same sense, you know, we are being given more information. As Daniel says in the scriptures, uh, during these end times, during this, the end of age, uh, wisdom or knowledge would increase i think i've mentioned this in the past and sometimes we think of that as only knowledge you know uh, iq you know intelligence quotient kind of knowledge right or uh, mathematics science uh computers uh you know uh, gardening whatever right well sure enough there is there's an explosion right of information available on just about any t topic you would want to find, whether through the internet or going to a library, the Library of Congress has, you know, is enormous, right, with all of its uh, text. But um, we also are experiencing a tremendous increase in the knowledge of spiritual matters, in the knowledge of visions, in the knowledge of prophecy that has been further revealed and explained to us remembering the key scripture in uh, from the prophet joel that in the latter days the lord would pour out his spirit on all right young old male female and that that outpouring of the spirit brings with it because remember the holy spirit gives us truth Edification, correction, knowledge, wisdom, guidance. So with that outpouring of the Spirit, we are now getting, in these latter times, more and more uh, information. 
And I would dare say that is why there is such an explosion. I mean, just an enormous, really, if you ever have an opportunity just to, you know, just uh, Google or, you know, search um, end of times, you will get pages and pages and pages just on the website, you know, the, the, the your, your search engine on your, you know, whether you use Google or Edge or, you know, one of those Fox, Fox, Firefox, I think it's called, or some of those other things. Uh, you'll find pages and pages and pages. If you do the same thing, if you put a search in for uh, YouTube, you will have pages and pages of videos, you know, presented by Satanists, presented by uh, 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 folks who are, um, who are uh, uh, agnostic, right? We've talked about that, but presented by atheists. There are excellent segments out there that talk about, um, you know, um, is atheism uh, uh, the best way to go, right? Uh, if you want to know about any kind of religions and all that, all of that stuff is out there. You don't have to go to a university to get it. It's all free for you. Uh, but always remember to go back to the word of God to verify clarify and edify yourself for the true meaning that the Lord our Savior wants us to have. So I hope that uh, this has given you some idea about what we what we are going to be experiencing as we look now to the seven trumpets and how they uh, overlay the last seventh seal and then how the additional seven vials will overlay parts of the seven trumpets and how this explanation of the seven seals, the seven trumpets, and the seven vials are occurring in a fairly condensed time frame as we will further discuss when we begin to lay out the time frame when we really delve into the book of Daniel, particularly chapter seven and eight, uh, seven, eight, nine, and ten, probably. Uh, so, uh, hopefully, now you have an idea of uh, where we've been and where we're going, and maybe a better, um, uh, better ability to uh, put in perspective what we'll be reading in the next few weeks. I praise God that this has been a blessing to you. I pray that uh, you will continue to hang in there with me because this is, you know, um, it can be cumbersome. It can be uh, a lot of material to take in. And that is why I'm taking my time, even though, <laughs> you know, it's probably later than we think, folks. It's probably later than we think. So, um be blessed, and I hope and pray that I will meet you here on the podcast during the live broadcast on Saturday, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, or whatever time we're in right now. I don't know, daylight savings, I don't know, I don't, I don't know, Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Uh, Saturday for the live broadcast of Basically, It's Biblical. Until then. Be blessed.